everybody. I'm Karen Hartglass. It's time for another episode of It's All About Food, broadcast on the Progressive Radio Network since 2009. Thanks for being here today. I want to jump right in to the podcast today. We're going to be talking about menopause. Menopause is something that's starting to get a little more attention. I think talking about things is a good thing. We all learn from each other. And menopause is something we can all learn from each other about. One reason is because we're all individuals and nothing in life is the same for anyone. I have a guest with me today who's going to assist me in this conversation about menopause. Nancy Leeds Gribble, who has been a culinary nutrition and premier lifestyle expert for over 10 years. Nancy has boldly encouraged women to thrive fearlessly in conquering their goals for a healthy and joyful lifestyle. Hi, Nancy. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am because we're going to be talking about a subject that is getting a little traction. And there was a time when nobody talked about it, but we're going to talk about it today from a perspective that I hope is helpful to a lot of people. Menopause. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, if you're young, that doesn't mean you don't need to know about what we're going to talk about. And if you don't identify as a woman, (laughs) that doesn't mean you don't need to know about this either. We all need to know about, I think, what humans go through, through their journey on the planet. And if we're not experiencing something ourselves, we might be able to help someone else who is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And honestly, a lot of tips, they're about longevity for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Now we have some very specific ones, right? Menopause and things like that. But longevity, everybody wants that. And uh, they work. it works all around. Well, that's the wonderful thing about this whole food plant diet that I've been promoting for decades. And, you know, it's funny. It's it's the right thing to eat for everything. And I'm going to say a little caveat here. It's good for everything except for petite people. A whole food plant diet may not be everything we need to do for healthy bones. Petite people tend to need to do more to get that bone density. People that are carrying a lot of weight, they tend to have good bones because they're working with weights all the time. Oh, yes. I see what you're saying. Yes, yes. (laughs) But other than that, that's like the only potential thing you need to consider, I think, when consuming a whole food plant diet. Otherwise, it's the best thing to reduce risks of all those chronic diseases. Right. But we're going to focus on menopause. Okay. I'm going to turn it over to you, what you do and what you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, first, my name again is I'm Nancy Leeds Gribble, and I'm a women's wellness and weight loss coach, um, plant-based culinary nutrition expert. Um, I believe in the power of plant-based foods to heal, support, build our health, and change our body composition um, if we eat it in the right way. And so I work with women all across the states, um, everywhere, and really honestly teach them 
First, how to eat. A lot of women, whether they're plant-based or not, come to me and they're under eating a lot of foods, um, mm -hmm. overeating others, and we teach them how to eat. And then very specific strategies that are going to help them change their body composition, lose the fat, build the muscle while balancing their hormones. Um, and it's not as tricky as people think. <laughs> okay. So how do you know all of this? Do you have a personal experience? I do. I do. So, um, I mean, the, the story is forever, but just in this particular realm, um, I one, I'm, I've gone through, I'm a master nutrition coach. I'm a personal trainer. Um, I've taken numerous, um, plant-based courses and I'm currently in a very specific menopause hormone course. Um, but I'm constantly learning, but I'm a faster way to fat loss coach also. And that is really, I have to say, where all these pieces came together. And I did not start my own personal journey until late, late forties after a series of many things. And I have everything I teach. I literally used all through menopause. I'm 59. I'll be 60 soon. And they work. I, you know, I'm a personal testimony to it. And so are so many and thousands of our clients. Um, so that's where I come from. And that's where I'm at right now. Wow. We see a lot of advertisements in social media. We see these cartoons of women with the bellies and the bellies that appear during premenopause, during menopause. And of course, there are supplements and there are things that we're encouraged to buy. What do you recommend? So I first say before, I think we have it a little bit backwards, like a lot of times. So the very first thing is we have to get out of the mindset of this is it. Like, this is how it's going to be. Everybody says, once I hit 50, it's all downhill from there. I'm just going to get gain weight. I might as well deal with it. That truly was the narrative for a very, very long time. And thank goodness that narrative is shifting, right? And we see plenty of women, thousands and thousands of women changing the narrative and showing us what is possible. And so the old narrative kind of was like, that's the way it is. So a lot of women just went, that's it. Or it was like, well, you have to go and get hormone therapy, replacement therapy, um, and see if that helps. And then maybe do some other things. The, the shift needs to be, you have to fix your lifestyle habits first. You have to get your nutrition right first. You have to get your rest and recovery in there. You know, we were talking about sleep, very important. You have to work out in an effective way then if you need supplements, take supplements, you might need some extra ones as you're going through menopause, bone health, different things. Then if you need any kind of, I call them pharmaceuticals, therapies, whatever, go there. And because if you go, if you start from the bottom and go up, it's just a band-aid and you're not really fixing any root cause. Hmm. It's not gonna be, it's not gonna be sustainable. Um, and so you wanna fix it from the top down. And I think that's what's really changing is women are really learning like, okay, I've got to focus on this from my nutrition first, exercise, recovery, rest and recovery as we age has to be part of your program. Um, when we were younger, we bounced back way quicker. 
like, right. And we have to have it um, now as part of um, any kind of plan. You, you have to have rest and recovery for your body and your mind. Well, I really appreciate this priority list. I often vet programs for different organizations to see if they want to affiliate with them or promote them. And, and so many of them are promoting supplements and herbal remedies. And I keep thinking, okay, maybe these things have some benefit, but if you're eating tons of meat and processed food, these are not going to help you. You may feel a little something for a while, but if you're not starting with the first, the highest priority thing, which is feeding your body correctly, the rest, they're just a waste of money. Yeah, I I agree. I, in fairness, I was very anti-supplement for a long, long time because I felt like people were always looking for the quick fix. Quick fix. Yeah. And, and so I was like, no, no. And, you know, now, you know, the more we know and the knowledge and things, I realize, yes, you might need supplementation because the way our food is grown now, it doesn't have as many nutrients. We tend to eat the same things over and over and over. So we have to, you know, if we're not getting the variety of micronutrients that we need, we might need supplementation, but it should be very little. It really doesn't need to be as much. And so supplementation, um, you know, it, it, yeah, starting up there. And now if you're really deprived in something and you need something, take it. But at the same time, you have to work on your diet, what you're putting on your plate. It's, it makes all the difference in the world. Okay. So what have you found diet wise that we do wrong? Oh my goodness. Where do I start? (laughs) Well, Well, maybe we could, maybe we could focus for people that are already vegan, for example, that are already on a plant diet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's start there. So first vegan and plant-based, right? Like I am very open and honest that my whole journey, vegetarian and vegan, I was very unhealthy. Mm. So we have the standard American diet, which most people know is the sad acronym, but unfortunately for people, vegan diets can also be sad. We can, we, we have so many options out there now um, that we can eat overly processed foods constantly. Um, so we, the goal is we, I love the, I love everything that's out there for the animals. I do because it helps people transition, but we need it to be a win-win. We need it to be good for, good for them and good for us. So we want to focus on those whole food plant-based, um, um, foods, but what happens most of the women that I start working with, what I see and guilty, I, everything I, I tell everyone, <laughs> I'm like, I come with zero, zero judgment. It's always helping create awareness because once you have the awareness, then you know what to change. And I fall into the same category of all of the women, most of the women that I work <laughs> with. Um, we under ate protein. We just, you know, you think, um, oh, I'm eating some legumes and I'm eating, you know, some quinoa and I'm getting enough protein. And most women that come to me that are plant-based or vegan are still under eating protein, maybe overeating um, processed carbs and fats. A lot of them eat a lot of healthy, they're healthy fats, but fats pack a punch. 
You know, they are nine calories per gram. So we have to learn how to balance what's on our plate that's right for our body, our goals, our lifestyle, our age. And that is where, whether you're vegan or plant-based, knowing how to balance your plate can really make a difference in health and body composition and hormones. So, so is this an easy thing to do or do I need to be like online counting everything that I'm eating? It's easy. <laughs> I mean, like anything, it can take a little bit of time. I personally have people, we track what we call our macronutrients, which are our three major nutrients, our proteins, our fats, and our carbs. And apps, I use an app. I think it's the one that gives you the most um, ability to really track what you're eating. But if somebody really struggles with it, we can do the hand method. We can, you know, this is a portion of protein. This is a health, a thumb is a healthy fat. We can do that. Um, None of it is a hundred percent accurate, but it's more accurate than I think I sort of ate this today. I'm not sure. Like it's not, and it's not forever. This is what I think the biggest thing is when people come to me and they're like, what? I have to track my food. Well, if you're budgeting, you track. If you want to make a change in something, you have to track what you've been doing. You have to track what you're currently doing and what you need to change to get there. But you're not going to do it forever. You're going to be creating that awareness for change. Okay. So you said people who eat beans may not be getting enough protein. Yes. Yes. Where do we go from there? Yeah. So, you know, we have great protein sources and bonus. They're very good when you're in menopause. We have tofu, we have tempeh, we have edamame, which, you know, another source, we have satan. These are very high in protein Mm -hmm. and can really help. I don't push um, the processed proteins that are Mm -hmm. out there. Like I I don't bash them because trust me, I eat them. (laughs) You know, when I'm out, I'm very thankful for the market if I'm really in a pinch and I have my few favorites, but we can get plenty of protein um, from tempeh, soy, um, satan, hemp seeds, chia seeds, and nutritional yeast. I call this my like little, you know, protein in a pocket. I put it on everything, but it's still, you want those legumes because they have so much fiber and they have protein. And there's like a hierarchy, even in the legume family, lentils, black beans, they're kind of way up there. And then you can bring it down a little bit. And our soy, you know, soy for the longest time was persona non grata, right? Like don't eat soy, it's bad for you. And everybody was panicked about soy. Now the research has come in. And I really believe this because I went through menopause eating a ton of soy, that it really will reduce the symptoms of your hot flashes and night sweats. And I had some, but I didn't experience anything like what other people were telling me they were experiencing. So soy actually has properties, phytoestrogens that are similar to our estrogens and really help alleviate those symptoms. So it's a win-win. Like you're getting your protein and. <laughs> okay. That. So these myths, unfortunately, still exist. Yes. People still believe if you're eating plant foods, you are not getting enough protein. And and you're saying that we should, as we get older, we might focus on getting some more protein, but it's not a problem to get enough protein. And the myth that soy foods are not healthy is still out there. I still have 
very lively conversations with some close friends of mine about soy. Oh, I can't eat soy. That's, Why? Right. <laughs> and, and and then there's this crazy notion about phytoestrogens, which are not human estrogens. Phyto means plant. plant. <laughs> and just because it has the word estrogen in it does not mean it is a human estrogen. It does not work the same way. And it's actually quite magical where right. it kicks in when we need it and kicks out when we don't. And that's just a simple way to put it. And then the other thing about the soy protein, and I always like, I always get excited about this, emotional excited. Um, all plant foods, everybody, you know what I'm going to say. All plant foods contain complete protein. All plant foods contain all of the nine essential amino acids we need to build all the proteins in our body that we need. But soy is the king of beans because soy contains the nine essential amino acids in the closest ratios that we need. So that's why soy is is so supreme. I know. And it's delicious. I mean, and it's yummy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people, you know, you always make fun of it. And I'm like, it really, when you know how to make it, it's absolutely delicious. I, I do want to backtrack on one thing, you know, vegans don't get enough protein. This is very key. I work, I do work with both vegans and non-vegans. Um, my goal is let's get first, let's get everybody eating more whole foods. But I can tell you, as many vegans that come to me not eating enough protein, so do non-vegans. Just because you eat meat does not mean you are eating enough protein. So that myth is like it's 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 like should be taken out like vegans aren't getting enough protein. In truth, it should be the majority of women are not eating enough protein. Like that's it. That's and you can get it from plant-based and the bonus is everything you just said along with the fiber that you're going to get if you incorporate more of the legumes and the grains into well, and all the veggies and all the things, but you know, as far as protein goes. So yeah. So it really should be the women, not. So what can you enlighten us about hormones? Because hormones are still a bit of a mystery in the medical community in terms of hormone therapies and what we can do naturally to balance. Yeah. So full disclosure, I'm not a doctor, so I don't, you know, I won't go in depth, in depth into hormones. And, um, but, you know, obviously as we age, our hormones are changing when we are, you know, had your monthly cycle, you know, you're just, that's where you're at. Then when it starts to dip, when you start getting irregular cycles, you're in perimenopause. And this is when your hormones are starting, your ovaries are starting to shut down, your progesterone is getting lower, estrogen, everything is getting lower. And you have those spikes in your dips, and that's when all the fun symptoms start to happen. Then when you hit menopause, and the thing about menopause is it's actually a moment in time. Um, and that moment in time is when you're sitting there thinking and you're like, hmm. I haven't had a cycle for 
12 months. Like if you've had any at all, you're still not in menopause, but it really is that moment when you realize I haven't had a cycle in 12 months. That is menopause. Technically everything after that is post-menopause, but we just call it menopause um, because now everything is a little bit escalated. You've lost the progesterone, your estrogen has gone down. um, Other hormones might start coming into play and that you're not, we're not actually always gaining fat. The fat is actually shifting because of how our insulin is working and -hmm. different things. So the way you bring your body in balance is one, we have to eliminate chronic stressors. And it's, you know, it sounds like what, but chronic stress is our cortisol, which sits Mm -hmm. right in our belly, which aids in that, um, you know, the belly fat that all of us are like, why did this happen? And all variety of hormone reasons, but we have to eliminate chronic stress. We have to realize that what we've always been doing to try to fix things of maybe under eating, going, doing hours and hours of cardio is not, is not going to work. We have to be very effective and efficient in what we're doing now. And this is also when, um, you want to balance it. And again, I, because I do teach according to macros, it is this balance of having the healthy fats. We have to always say fats in the right proportions will not make you fat. We need our healthy fats, right? Like we all lived through the don't eat fat phase and then we ended up eating junk. Um, So we need the right amount of healthy fats. These are good for our brain health. They're good for our mood. They're good for cell signaling, which is what helps our hormones transport. Like our hormones are just, they're, they're messengers. And so we need that help. We need carbohydrates. This is the other thing I'm like, we need our carbohydrates. They're the first source of energy. They help our thyroid. They help our insulin. We absolutely have to have um, all of these, but we need them in the right balance. And when you can consistently get them in the right balance, your hormones will thrive because, and if you do it with whole foods, because processed foods, aside from the toxins that they have, but they interrupt our hormone cell signaling. Our, our body doesn't know what, what to do with that. Our bodies weren't designed to have all these things in our system. So it's like, wait, I don't know what to do with it. And it interrupts cell signaling. The more plant-based foods you can incorporate into your body, the more you're allowing your body to thrive the way it's supposed to, and thus balance hormones and things like that. Woo. <laughs> it, it really is its own its own class altogether. Right? <laughs> I'm still learning. I'm still learning. There's so much to learn. There's a lot to digest there. So you're saying um, we don't need to take any hormone therapy or special supplements in order to get the right balance? No, or that I wouldn't say stop. Neat? I don't know. Like every individual is bio individuality is a thing, but don't start there. Like don't start there. Start with learning about what your body needs, the right amount of proteins, carbs, and fats. Start eating in that way with whole food nutrition so that your body can become in balance. Like we want a balanced body. We, 
this includes what we were just talking about, the right amount of protein, the fat and the, and the carbs. Then with exercise, and we don't have to do hours and hours of cardio. We have to do strength training. Um, I'm uh, along with a protein pusher. I'm a, we must do strength training, resistance training, especially as we age. And then there's other little nutritional strategies you can do, but it's when you really combine your macronutrients and eating according to your body with effective strength training four times a week, maybe 30 minutes, um, and then walking, power walking. I'm a big proponent of that. That is really allowing your body to function at its at its best. And this will get you to a healthy weight, usually to where your hormones are going to, I like to say where they're going to land. Then if you need supplementation, most vegans do need B12. Um, many women of vitamin D, we need that. Magnesium um, and zinc. Those are really like the, I feel like the top ones, if somebody's going to need after that, it just depends on what you personally might need if you need anything. And then, like I said earlier, if you need the hormone replacement therapy, um, I don't ever say never, I don't ever say never, <laughs> right? you know, because I don't know. And I don't, I don't bash anything. I just think we have to flip it as to where we're starting from our starting point. Okay. So the resistance training, is there any thing that you think is essential in the whole gamut of weight training that we could be involved with? Well, I think women we need to do it. Um, most women that come to me, maybe they've picked up a little weight here and there. Um, doesn't I, the image just as the same myth that happened with soy, there was the same myth of women and picking up weights, right? Like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I don't wanna look too muscular. I don't wanna look like a man. I, you know, all these things. And those I really, are nice excuses for yeah. not doing the work. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I literally, I tell them, I'm like, let me tell you, I try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm over here trying to build muscle and we're losing it at a rapid rate, you know? And so, not picking up a weight, it's it's declining. Picking up a weight, you may be balancing the scale. Like you have got to do it very intentional. And, you know, osteopenia, osteosporosis, these are huge in women. And osteopenia, for anyone who doesn't know, is the decline in our bone density, which can lead to osteosporosis. And research has shown that women, when they have um, a fracture in their hip, if you have osteosporosis, like your decline into death is a, you have a 70% chance higher rate of that because you really have a hard time recovering from that hip fracture and it just declines your entire health and, and longevity and the way you live. So we have to, we have to know, we have to build our bone density and strength training coupled with protein and the right amount of foods will do that. And then you, we also have another age-related condition, sarcopenia, which is age-related muscle loss. And so we start losing, we gain muscle up until like our 30s. When we're in our 40s, it starts to decline about like 0.4%. When menopause hits, that decline goes to 4.4% a year you're losing in muscle. 
And muscle now, if you're reading and listening to anything, they're touting it as the organ of longevity because Mm -hmm. it's the biggest organ in our body. And it is the one that powers us through everything. It's also responsible for almost every function that we have in our body. So strength training, you must do, like you have to do at least three to four days a week, minimum 30 minutes. And I'm going to say it, you got to go heavy. You know, and what heavy is defined as depends on where you're starting from, but you can't, you know, you can't do this (laughs) with a pen and a two pound forever. Like it's not going to work. You, you, and you're not going to get muscular. You are just in the beginning. We're just trying to balance out what you're losing. So, yeah, you want to sweat Yeah, and you want to feel feel the resistance. You yes. don't want to hurt yourself, but it has to be challenging. Yeah. It has, it has to, be, to challenging. be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to say, I can't wait for this to be over, but <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to power through it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk a little bit about aches and pains because as we get older, a lot of people tend to get achier. And many people will reach for the Aleve, the Tylenol, the aspirin. And I know personally, I experienced some interesting aches that I hadn't felt before. A lot of people have different kinds of shoulder pain and will run Mm -hmm. to the surgeon to have shoulder surgery. And a lot of it can be healed completely. Mm with exercise. Now, it's not a quick fix. We talked about supplements and quick fixes. These things take a long time to manifest. So they can take a while to heal. I personally know I had this interesting sensation in my left shoulder and I didn't lose mobility because some people won't be able to put their arms over their heads. Um, but I found that if I was lying down, like going to sleep and I wanted to put my arms over my head, occasionally I would get an ache and I would just feel this achiness sometimes. And I didn't like it. And I went to my annual physical and I told the doctor and I said, I want physical therapy. And she's like, and I kind of had to like encourage her to give me a prescription for physical therapy. But anyway, I had I went to two or three sessions and I, and I also went because I started feeling occasionally this little thing in my knee and uh, I got exercises. I do them religiously and my, my shoulder is completely healed, completely healed. And I haven't said, I haven't felt the knee thing either in a while. I'm wondering where that's going to be because the knee is like a little different than the shoulder. But the point is, Growing old does not mean we have to have aches and pains. Correct. And if we have them, there's things we can do to heal, but it takes work. It takes time. It takes patience. Which we all have in spades. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But the shoulder thing has been really interesting to me. And I combined the physical therapy exercises, which included things with bands yeah, oh, and, I love bands. At, which really isolated some things I didn't even know were there. And then this Igoscu exercise, this frog, I forget what it's called, but you put your arms, you lie down and you put your arms over your head and, and you have your legs in this, um, uh, what do you call it? The feet are together and the knees are kind of up but open. Yeah. 
Uh, that's a, a fantastic exercise for the shoulders. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yes. Just sharing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I to your point of, again, like running to getting HRT hormone replacement therapy or running to have surgery. It's like, what can I do first? And that is really where just what you were saying, like we, it's, we have to change that quick fix mentality. It didn't happen overnight. It's not going to change overnight and just getting surgery. Some of it is inflammation. Some Mm. of it isn't even an actual, like something's wrong with my joint or that you've got so much inflammation around an area that it's constantly hurting, that's food, right? That's what you're eating. It could be your guts out of whack. Like our bodies, like it all works together and it's just being responsible for our own body. I'm uh, my biggest um, proponent. The thing I talk about all the time is, is right. If we have our health, we have like a thousand million dreams. If we don't have our health, we have one and it's to have our health. So Let's make it a priority to work on it every day. Um, it matters. That's the way you live your best life. Um, that's the way you thrive. 50s and older, like we're living longer. We want to live without pain. I mean, granted, we're getting older. We might have a pain here or there, but we shouldn't be, you know, in chronic pain, like you were saying. Like, well, that's not how it's really, we're not, we shouldn't be that way. And we know so much more now. Um, and to the point of recovery, like that is one thing we do. And when I work with my clients and I'm like, you're going to work out this many days in two days, you're doing active recovery moves on your body. Again, we can't do what we probably did when we were younger. It was like, all right, I got X amount of time to work out. I'm going to push it hard. There'll be no warm up. There'll be no cool down and there will be mm. no recovery days because I am young. <laughs> so, I, you should still start when you're young but it's more paramount when you're, when you're older and we have to take into account our bone loss and our muscle loss and the real things that do come with aging. What are recovery days consists of? Oh, so those are usually, I like to call them active recovery. And I usually, we usually do like, let's have a good 30 minute stretch Mm -hmm. or foam rolling mobility moves, Um, definitely like still get out there and walking. Walking is so, you you hear everybody talking about walking, but it generally is really underrated. Um, And I don't mean a stroll, like, you know, there's a stroll, like when you're walking your dog and you're standing there while they sniff every blade of grass. (laughs) You know, walking is, is purposeful and you're getting out there and it's so everybody, everybody should be doing getting in, I'm going to say it, they're 10,000 steps a day, <laughs> and oh, yeah. it's, but it's one of those things. I'm, no, I'm tangenting a little bit, but it's one of those things that especially women who want weight loss and want to feel balanced, it doesn't increase your appetite hormones. So you're not going to go eat more working out. If you do an intense workout can increase your appetite hormones. So sometimes you can just end up tipping that scale if you don't know what you're doing. And um, it also doesn't raise your cortisol level. Again, right back to the belly fat. So walking, if somebody's like, where do I start? You start with walking, like purposeful walking, 60 to 70% of your max heart rate, 30 minutes a day, then you can can add on. But I digressed from there. So that's part of active recovery though, for some people, it is to make sure they're doing their walking, um, anything that you love. But mostly I like to say, get in your stretching, get in your mobility, 
get in um, a, some foam rolling. Like let's work out some of that stuff on our body. I like to walk with a weight vest. Oh, nice. That's uh, very good. I'm one of those people that are petite yeah. <laughs> and slim. And so my bones don't get the extra weight it needs. So I got to wear it. That's a great idea. Yeah. Because it's the pounding. Uh, okay. You know, even for some people there with when they come and um, I have had osteopenia. I'm very lucky. I, I, like I have done a great job at reversing it. And I'm very thankful for that. All my years of terrible nutrition got me there. Um, and I didn't realize before that, that it's that pounding. So strength training is really good, but it's also that pounding on the bones. And yeah. so walking with a vest is excellent. But I tell people you can stand and pound your foot, like, you know, just get that vibration going. You know, there was a period during the aerobics trend yes. where uh, pounding got a bad rap. Yes. But I suppose there's good pounding and maybe not so good pounding. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> as with anything, know your body. Like, you're never going to catch me doing a high jump on a box. Not my wheelhouse. Not going to do it. Hurts my knees. Um, I'm not out to gain pain. Like that's what, you know, and the same <laughs> thing with any movement. I'm like, if you're do, following a routine and they do something that's not right for you, don't do it. Like do something else. Um, but, but also like, even with, um, I promote um, hit, you know, uh, hit workouts where you're raising your heart rate and you're bringing them down, but I don't do jumping. I'm not a jumper. Um, and so I do everything modified and it's effective. It's the intensity that you bring to it. Bring intensity, but know your body, like know what's right for you too. I mean, you know, we all have, I, I broke my hip years ago, so I'm not going to do things that I don't want to damage it. So, you know, common sense to the table always helps. Okay. Can we talk about hot flashes? So let's say you're eating everything right. Yeah. And you're still uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the thing. And uh, so, I mean, again, if you're, you know, you even, even if you have hormone replacement therapy, you still might get hot flashes. First of all, I think people should know that like that doesn't mm -hmm. immediately eliminate them. Um, this is where some things that are going to work for you. I, you know, if you're not sleeping in your room and it's, and it's really cool, make sure your room is really, really cool. Um, have a cooling blanket. Um, I have a client. She Wait, has what's What's a cooling blanket? Oh, they sell these cooling blankets now that they form to your body temperature, but they, um, to keep you cool, like somehow they mm. read your body temperature and then they keep you cool at night. Um, fans. I mean, it's the simple things. Don't drink caffeine after 12 stay. It sounds simple, but stay away from spicy foods. Don't drink caffeine after 12. Do you mean noon? noon. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Caffeine can linger. Yeah. Caffeine can linger and you know, it's, it, it can exasperate um, hot flashes in the evening. Spicy foods can do that too. And um, those are really the main foods that contribute to hot alcohol. flashes. Pardon? Alcohol. Oh, alcohol. Oh, yeah. Alcohol. I know everyone thinks they sleep better with alcohol, but it's actually the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Alcohol. I almost forgot that one. Um, it's always the first question I get. Do I have to give up alcohol? Yes. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, but other than that, it's really setting your environment, setting your environment up to try and have 
um, as cool a space as you can. I have clients that have um, little mini fridges in their in their bedroom, and some will get out and they'll just put their head in the little mini fridge, or they have ice cold water um, because they are flashes. They do they come and they go quickly, but sometimes right. you know you're drenched. Um, so it's just fine fans. I mean, it's the simple things, but it's really. So back to exercise, women are different than men. And are is there clothing can help? I mean, I know that if if I don't have the right bra and I'm doing some exercises, it's really uncomfortable. And sometimes I see women running and I think, great for you, but oh, that looks uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, again, I would go with like, use common sense here. I'm the same. I, I don't, I mean, for lack of a better term, I don't like to bounce. Um, mm -hmm. No, I don't like to jump and I don't like to bounce. And so I, I wear, um, I mean, I wear mine pretty fitted mm -hmm. uh, and I wear loose gym shorts, or if I'm at home, I wear just regular gym shorts. Um, I'm one of those weird people. I don't like gym pants. Um, I don't like things on my legs, but uh, you know, you have to do find what's comfortable for you. I mean, I think that's really the bottom line there is what's comfortable, but not what's fashionable, but what's comfortable. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. I mean, what, listen, what's fashionable and you know, it's not, not made to be working out. And some of the, some of the things you see, I'm like, no, it's not made. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's working out that in that outfit. That's just for Instagram. I had advanced ovarian cancer. So I had a total hysterectomy before menopause. So I yeah. had forced menopause. It was not pleasant. No. Um, I'm going to say that because of my healthy vegan diet, my symptoms were probably less so than other people. I did have hot flashes. And this was 17 years ago and I still get hot flashes. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, the gynecologist I've seen tell me, "Oh yeah, they'll go away. They'll go away. They'll go away." They haven't got gone away completely. Now, they are so far less in magnitude than they were in the beginning and less frequent, but they're still there. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're still there. I mean, what can people do who have forced menopause? It's the same things, honestly. Well, first, I hope all is well. I oh, yeah. Good, good recovery. I'm and, all over that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. Very good. Well, what a great testimony for other people. Um, but I think um, it's the same thing. It, it's literally the same. If you have forced menopause, I mean, it can have its own challenges because you're younger and you might feel a little displaced with that. Um, and you know, if you've been listening to the old narrative that can have its own mindset issues that you have to work on, but really it's the same thing. It's really focusing on what's on your plate, getting in the right exercise, and then deciding if you need anything else. The, when you bring up the point of you still have hot flashes, I still, every once in a while, I'm like, Phew, where did that come from? I think it would be irresponsible to say our body's not going to do what it's designed to do. Like, our goal with the plant-based foods and eating well and the right exercise is to alleviate and reduce as many symptoms, but that doesn't mean 
they're all going to go away. And I think if you're out there thinking, I have the solution that's going to make everything go away, you're being told a myth. Um, it's our bodies. Like this is how they're designed. So we want to, the, we don't, we don't have to suffer. We can thrive. We don't have to suffer, but it doesn't mean everything goes away. Like, I think you set yourself up for a very bad reality check. If that's mm-hmm. the expectation somebody gives you. Um, and I'm very clear with everybody. <laughs> like, listen, I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty darn clean eater. I eat balanced. I do all the things. I take my supplements that I need and I still get them. Like I'll still be walking around or at night and go, whoosh, that came. And, you know, people think it's going to stop at, you know, I'm almost 60 and I'm like, nope, it still rears up. No. And the older you get, the more important all of these things are. Yeah. Because nobody gets out of this world alive and our bodies do start to wind down and get ready for the end of our journey, if I can put it that way. But the best way to go through it is eating right and exercise and having a good attitude. I'll just tail right in here to the point of, yes, our bodies are winding down. And I do think so as much as I talk about what's on your plate and your exercise, if you don't have your mind right, if you don't have in your mind, like I can do this, this is possible. And you just kind of think, no, it's never going to happen. Or unfortunately, maybe you've tried so many times in your life before. And you're like, it's just not meant for me. Like, I'm never going to get at that healthy body and healthy weight that I want. This is just my destiny. Then it's going to be really hard to sustain any kind of change you try to make. And you have to like, just as we train our bodies, we have to train our brain. And the older we get, we kind of have to do it a little bit more because we don't bounce back as quickly. We do have to be more strategic in the things that we're doing. Um, But hey, what's the alternative? Like people are like, oh, I don't want to live my life. I don't want to, you know, macro tracking. I don't want to macro track. You don't have to do it forever. (laughs) But do you want to live like the next 30, 40 years feeling your absolute best? Do it for now. The time is passing anyway. Do you want to be just reactive to what's happening in your life? And it could not, might not go so well or be proactive and do what you can. So I'm on team proactive. In terms of being strategic, I've always loved hot tea and hot soup. And I live in New York. We have the seasons and I love the cozy feeling as autumn comes in and the cool air comes in. I bring out the soups and the teas and I just, it's just so comforting to me. And then- When I had my experience, (laughs) my moment, um, the change, my forced (laughs) change was really hard to consume hot foods. You mentioned spicy food, just just hot temperature Mm. foods. My body cannot manage them as effectively as before. Whereas before I welcomed that cozy, hot feeling. Now it's uncomfortable. So I'm kind of a tea snob. And I have this lovely little Breville and there are different kinds of tea makers where you can set the temperature of your water for different teas or just for comfort. And I tend to boil my water, well, not boil my water. I tend to heat my water to 175 instead of 212. And I drink a lot of green teas, which are supposed to be better brewed at that temperature. Or you can cold brew your tea, which is another 
conversation, but I go with 175 and it's, I manage that better. And when I'm making a hot soup, I tend to wait for it to be not so hot. But if I, I still tend to love hot soup and I'll eat it. And then 10 minutes later, I am uncomfortable. So there's a strategy. You need to know your body and need to know how you react to certain things. And, you know, maybe eat the warm soup and not the hot soup. Yeah, but right. But I think what you just said, know your body, know, know, body awareness know what works for you i mean again it's you know when you're when you're making changes and when you're eating balanced and you're eating well you really learn how to tune in to your own body cues and everybody is different like that is the main thing um right so you found out like oh i can't i can't eat these without experiencing this and then there's probably somebody else who's like in menopause eating hot soup and not even thinking about it um yep. So it really is know your own body, pay attention, pay attention to the foods that cause you stomach upset, you know, bloating, things like that. Um, it, because it happens. It's just real stuff. Our bodies just um, behave differently to d- individual things. Have you recommended or seen people use certain herbal supplements or different supplements that have worked or not worked? For example, you know, I re- I use the internet and (laughs) I do my air quote research. And I remember reading about black cohash and I ordered some and I tried some and it did not work for me at all. It just made me feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. So in truth, uh, same. I ordered that too. I think I ordered Ashawanda or however it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. I ordered a, quite a few um, just to test and I didn't feel anything different at all. I know there's research that supports some that says yes. And so again, I, it goes back to that bio-individuality. I don't personally have one that I recommend. I don't take any and I don't have any. So I, I don't have any that I recommend. Um, but if somebody wanted to try, you know, look it up and see what would work for them. And then, you know, they have to be body aware, but I will say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to say it, but I'm going to say, if you haven't fixed your nutrition first, right. And drinking lots of water and getting in your movement, it's a, it's a bandaid. Like you, you're, you're asking this is how I, this is why I used to be so anti-supplement. You're asking this little pill to come in and fix this host of problems that's going on in your body, but that you're contributing to every single day. A little pill can't do that. You know I mean? It's like you're asking it to fix all this stuff. You've got to fix it. You've got to at least make the effort to eat well and do the things and then bring in supplements, herbs, things like that. Now I like different herbs on my food. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I'm talking about like going out and save money. You might not need to spend that money, spend money on some organic food. That would be my, <laughs> you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast and we're coming to the end that this program can be useful for everyone. So can you highlight just maybe in summary, how some of your recommendations will work for Everyone, young, old, whatever gender you may or may not identify with. Absolutely. Young, old, gender, wherever you are on the spectrum, you want to protect your internal health 
you want to eat, start focusing on a more plant positive plate. You want to make sure, so you want to make sure you're eating whole foods to get those micronutrients, those different vitamins and minerals. Doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. You want to make sure you're consuming the right amount of protein for your body, your goals, your lifestyle, your age. So it's what a woman in her 60s is going to eat is might be different. And what her goals are, are going to be different than a woman in the 20s. Just know what, what to be eating. And focus on that so that you're getting the right amount of macronutrients. So you want the right amount of micronutrients, the right amount of macronutrients, exercise, like with strength training, doesn't matter where you are. Do it, start younger too, by the way, it will really help. <laughs> so, but it doesn't matter how old you are. My oldest client, she's 84, 84. She's wow. like kicking it. You know, she started with weights at 84. Doesn't matter where you are you need some strength training and you want to lift heavy and you want to go be, you want to make progress. You don't want to get stagnant at one weight. Um, rest and recovery, make sure you're getting in the right rest and recovery for your body. Walk every day and then get your mindset. Make sure your mindset, you understand where you're at, what you want in life and why this is so important. Surface level will never sustain. I don't care what age you are. Um, if it's just, I want to look good in a bikini, you might get that in your, when you're younger, but if your goal was just that, then it's going to wane. You want to always be looking at what your deeper why is as to why you want to do this. You want, I want longevity. I want to be pain-free. I want to have energy to live my best life and do the things I want to keep doing. Um, so you want to know that, know your why, wherever you're at, all of those will work for anybody. Know your why. I love that. And for people that are older, like you mentioned, you're coaching someone who's what, 84 years old? 84. It's never too late. No. And I remember reading about Dr. Benjamin Spock, the baby doctor, and they say that he extended his life like maybe six years or so because he was not well, but then he gave up dairy and dairy had caused him problems through his entire life, bronchitis, like chronic, and it all went away and he added some years to his life towards yeah. the end it was not too late now of course there are many unfortunately doctors who have all of a sudden turned on him in his later years you know he was the guru the baby doctor and then all of a sudden he gave up dairy and promoted a, a whole food plant-based lifestyle and and yeah some doctors yeah. were like okay he's a nut now yeah and that's unfortunate but we do that uh, just a total, total tangent again on dairy, like dairy one is an inflammatory, right? It's one of the biggest inflammatories, but also when it comes to your hormones, people don't realize the dairy, it has concentrated hormones. These poor dairy cows, what they're subjected to over and over and over being pregnant, there's no, they don't get a break. And so those hormones are coming out in the milk, but then you make cheese and it's concentrated. Dairy actually has concentrated hormones that are not going to benefit a woman. It's another reason, like there's a thousand reasons to give up dairy, but when you're talking about hormones, you know, I would recommend re read on that. Like it's for, it's real and you're ingesting more hormones that you don't need. So such a great point. And I'm surprised yeah. it didn't come up in this entire hour, but I'm didn't glad it, it came <laughs> up at the end because it's probably one of the best things to talk about. Dairy is a hormone soup yes yes and in we so want many to ways. avoid it yeah 
Yeah. And it's the one time that you'll hear a doctor, like if you go in and you have a cold or something, they're like, give up dairy. Right. Okay. So they're, they know give up dairy <laughs> like to cure all that, you know, kill the mucus and things like that. And dairy causes so many disruptions in the bot in the body. We do dairy free, obviously. <laughs> right. Nancy leads Gribble. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to meet you and hear about you and your work and your expertise. And I'm happy to hear you're helping so many people and tell us how we can find you. Oh, you can find me on my website, nancyleadsgribble.com or Instagram at nancyleadsgribble. Very, it's all the same. Um, and everybody asks why I always throw in my middle name because there's a Nancy Gribble on King of the Hill. And if you just put her in, you're going to get 10 pages of Nancy Gribble. So <laughs> I want you to go straight to me. It's Nancy Leeds Gribble. Okay, NLG. Nancy <laughs> yeah. Leeds Gribble. Very good. We want to go to you. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me on It's All About Food. Be well. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye-bye. That's our show for today. Thank you, everyone, for joining me. I'm Karen Hartglass. This has been another episode of It's All About Food. Please join me at responsibleeatingandliving.com where you can find recipes and lots of information and every one of my It's All About Food podcasts archived there since 2009. It's all there. That It's a valuable resource. Send me comments and questions anytime at info at realmeals.org. Everyone, have a delicious week.